Hello, hello. My name is Carla and Restoring Healthy Mindsets is my thing. Welcome back to the Becoming Her podcast. I am so excited to be here with all of you today. And most importantly, I feel extremely blessed and thankful that I get to sit here with my cup of coffee and with my phone and have all of these magnificent, wonderful things around me. And today we have a special guest. We've already chatted before, but we could please welcome Albina Oliveira again to the for a part two for the Becoming Her podcast. Hello. Uh, I didn't expect that I will be back that fast, but the world <laughs> is crazy and I'm happy that I'm here. <laughs> I know. So if you don't, re- you guys don't remember, we talked about um, programming. We talked about George Orwell. We've, we've talked about different mindsets the last time we were we were together and I'm so glad we did that because with the current state of the world and with everything going on you can see that what we were talking about still holds it's it's truth um but today we are going to be interviewing Albina a little bit differently so for those of you that don't know Albina is from the Ukraine and I really really want to sit with her I really, really want to sit with you and just ask you your experience, you know, being from Ukraine, seeing what Russia is doing to Ukraine. And I mean, how has it affected you? Are you the same person as you once were? Absolutely not. (laughs) And uh, one thing I want to say right away is that a lot of people think that the war in Ukraine has started in 2022, but it actually started way prior to that. The war for me started in 2014 because I'm originally from the east of Ukraine. So when the war has started, I was on the east of Ukraine. I was in Luhansk and this is the city which borders, unfortunately, with Russia. And that's why I had to leave my hometown and I moved to Kiev. And ever since, it's been absolutely crazy because... When the war has started, my family was doing financially really well. I had a very stable life and I thought that nothing could ever go wrong. And then within seconds, we lost all of this. And now when I'm reading the news, when I hear what is happening in the world, I can't even understand how horrible people feel because I've experienced war, but I've experienced it from such a privileged perspective, you know? I had an opportunity to leave. My family still had some money. But unfortunately, the majority of people do not have this privilege. And the way which they experience war is so completely different from mine. And when I think about this, I thought that I've been going through hell. But I was going through it with with so much privilege. And what people are experiencing today when they don't have access to this privilege is beyond me. I my heart goes out to everybody who's involved in what is happening in Israel and Palestine. I'm sure we will talk about it in more details, but I'm half Muslim, half Jewish. It's it's been absolutely insane witnessing all of this because I was always raised with the thought that our differences make us stronger. But so many people are looking for reasons for the divide and the hatred is growing every day. And I hope our conversation will help to bring more light to everything which is happening in the world. Thank you so much for for that insight and that perspective. And I want to touch on what you just said, that divide. 
we're seeing there to be a divide and more specifically i want to talk about the divide in um in perspective in mindset and between people so when you say divide which divide are you talking about i mean it all starts with propaganda and when we're looking back at it it's always obvious in retrospect which was propaganda and what news were true but in the moment and especially today with social media where so much information is flying towards us it seems like it's impossible to figure out who is right and who's wrong. But if you start actually fact-checking, if you start educating yourself and not forming opinions the moment you see the information, if you go and ask, this is what I did, when a week ago it started in Israel and Palestine again, my first thought was to ask Israelis and Palestinians for book recommendations. What media do you recommend? Where do you recommend us, people who are not directly involved? Well, directly, indirectly, you can question it, right? Because our taxes are going to sponsor mm -hmm. in this. So your first instinct should always be questioning everything. And in the corporate world, my title is a problem manager. And what they're teaching me at my job is being skeptical and questioning everything. And I think this is such a useful mindset to question everything. Because some people they make conclusions while not even reading the entire article, Carla. They just see the title and they already have a strong opinion, which absolutely blows my mind. They're not even willing to understand, but they're willing to hate. And this is absolutely scary. And this is what I mean when I'm talking about the divide. Yeah, and, you know, touching back on, like, what's right and what's wrong, how do you... I know they said to ask people of the media which books to read and things like that but is there such a thing as a hundred percent right and a hundred percent wrong what would you say as a ukrainian i would say there is hundred percent right and hundred percent wrong right because when somebody is invading your country how can you justify that you know that this has been your home you were living a safe life and then somebody like russia comes into your house and they're saying that we're here to save you. Save me from what? I've been living <laughs> such a great life. What are you saving me for? And then they say that they're protecting uh, Russian speakers. This was the entire thing in Ukraine when the war has started in 2014. Putin was saying that he's protecting Russian speakers because apparently in Ukraine we're not allowed to speak Russian and there are Nazis and we have to speak Ukrainian only. And people who were outside of Ukraine, some of them picked up this propaganda and they started, like, I'm from Donbass, I'm from the east of Ukraine, and I always spoke Russian language. And now people in the comments who, are, who never witnessed what is happening in Ukraine, they are telling me that I was not allowed to speak Russian. And I'm like, I didn't even know Ukrainian until I was 20. What are you talking about? So yes, mm -hmm. there is right and wrong, but when you're not inside of the country where all of this is happening, it's very hard to understand what's right and what's wrong. Because the more often you hear the lie, it starts sounding like the truth because you hear this lie from different places. And the mm -hmm. more familiar we're with the lie, the more likely we think of it as the truth. Mm -hmm. 
that's so true and, and you can put it into a perspective of like a toxic relationship right when they're gaslighting you that's why there's such a thing as called gaslighting because the more that you're told a fake maybe a fake story and the closer and closer you look at it you start to believe it yourself yeah so, i 100 percent agree with this yeah i i completely i completely agree with you and i mean and this divide also from like the right and the wrong could be on both perspectives, right? So the lie, the lie that was told, which is wrong, right? Let's mm -hmm. say that the lie that was told, which was wrong, is told to a group of people that that's the right thing to do. And then the people who are on the right side of things who are being told the truth have this one truth. And then it causes an even bigger divide because now what you're fighting for is the truth. Yeah, you know, and they always say that the first casualty of the war is the truth. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think we're seeing this play out in our face. And even in the United States itself, we, there's already a big divide. There, there's a divide in, in, its, in its own people. And we've touched on it a little bit on, on our last podcast. I still, your words echo in my mind whenever I see really bad news uh, about the, the U.S., of how a superpower loses loses its its influence mm -hmm. and you said it starts with the divide yeah and we and are divided so divided like never before if you're talking about america america is extremely divided but it's not just america it's it's so scary how divided the world is today and for mm -hmm. me as a ukrainian right i fully support my country i want everything only the best, like every other citizen of any country, you want the best for your country. But what has happened to me when one week ago it all started in Israel and Palestine, I had such a difficult dilemma because my country supports Israel. And currently, this is not aligned with my views. And then you have this moral dilemma when your views are not aligned with your country. Are you are you a traitor? Do you betray them? But it's those difficult questions which we have to ask ourselves. What are we standing up for? Because don't get me wrong, everything which happened to Israelis, the hostages, this is wrong. I, I cannot understand the sufferings which they're going through. But then at the same time, as a Ukrainian who has experienced war, I see what is happening in Gaza right now. And how can I stay quiet? Because when the war has started in Ukraine, I was demanding attention from the entire world. And because Ukraine is white, we did get this attention. But when it comes to Palestine, it's not the same. So how can I, who was oppressed because of Russia, now not be on the side of Palestinians. And I know how controversial it is. And I think last time we talked, you told me that you want to be like Jordan Peterson. And I told you at least not that controversial. And now I'm also <laughs> turning it so controversial. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, no, it's fine. And you know what? It's, it's a great conversation. And you, you stated in one of your TikTok videos like that you are opposed to people that are staying neutral. And we're, um, I'm, I'll be completely honest with you. I feel, not I feel, from the research that I've done, I understand the injustices from both because I believe that I, it's just so controversial, but I don't want to, I don't want people to cancel me for this, but I am 
one of the people that I'm going to try my best to stay neutral just for the sake of, you know, education. But I would like to understand you a little bit more on why you think that you need to side with either, you know, because that's 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 what it's turned to, that we can't be neutral. And um, I would like for you to elaborate on that through your experience with Ukraine and Russia, like why you would disagree or I guess in a way why it would bother you for someone to stay neutral in topics like this. So, you know, when the full invasion of Ukraine started in February of 2022, of -hmm. course, we were extremely, extremely active on social media. And one of the things which became popular was saying that if you're silent, you're on the side of oppressor because you're not speaking against them, right? So you're Mm -hmm. staying silent. And silence allows people to do so many things because... If something is happening, imagine somebody is bullying at school, right? And nobody is mm-hmm. saying anything. Of course, they will continue the bullying because nobody is standing up. And that was my perspective when it was happening in Ukraine. And, oh my God, I can't explain the frustration I was feeling when my friends from all around the world were still posting their lunches or them going to the club. I thought that, how can you do this when people are dying? But this is so hypocritical of me, right? To say, how can you do this when people are dying? When they were dying before the war in Ukraine as well. And I was doing exactly the same thing. I was continuing to live my life. So we all have to understand that we are hypocrites. And we always think that we're the ones who's right, right? We we always think that we know it best. We always think that the other side is the stupid one. They're misinformed. They're uneducated because somehow we have to explain to ourselves why they're being this way. And the easiest attack to make is that you are uneducated. But the beauty of internet, while we still have it, I don't know how much longer it's going to last, to be honest, is that we have access to information. And if you want to be educated, you will find a way. But if you want to stay ignorant, you will stay ignorant. That's why I think it's very hard, even in America, where there is freedom of speech, it's hard to pick a side without having full understanding that there will be consequences. Either at your job, if you're a content creator as you are, Carla, you might lose some deals, right? You might lose a contract. And people have to understand there will be consequences to our opinions. But is it better to face the consequences or to stay silent when the genocide is happening? Will we be able to live with that going forward? Will we be able to explain our behavior to our future children, for example? And once again, those are the questions which every person has to sit down and answer to themselves honestly. Because if money is more important for you, that's okay. That's also an honest answer. But at least be honest with yourself. I think that's so important because so many people align to themselves. Just be honest. And not everybody has to be an expert on Ukraine and Russia or Israel and Palestine. A lot of people want us to post a statement on our Instagram story. But my personal opinion, if you don't know at least the context, please do not post. Because you might might post something which is not true, And it might have a lot of consequences, especially when there are wars happening. There there are consequences and it's dangerous spreading misinformation. It is. 
it's extremely dangerous actually i would like to touch on that a little bit so for all of you that don't know i am in the speech and debate team in my in my school and the topic is nuclear weapons (laughs) and i know (laughs) and so the topic is nuclear weapons but uh the whole point of the speech and debate is to reform a new po- to create a new policy to reform to really ask ourselves these questions of is russia really be- uh, a very big oogie, ba- oogie boogie man or whatever you want to call it or so or china you know are they really scary or should we go down on a no first use policy that's the argument that i'm fighting for or that my team chose we- on the affirmative team you have the people who are fighting for no first use because right now the United States is, is in a first use. And what that means is we don't need a reason to nuke another country because we have this policy. And what the no first use does is saying we won't attack until another country attacks first. And so we talk about why we should have this no first use policy with extensive research and one of the claims that we made, a part of our story, is the reason why we should go to no first use is because of mis- and the misinformation, escalation of misinformation. Misinformation from where? The media. Mm-hmm. The influencers are making the statements. The celebrities that are making their own statements, and half of them are, you know, incorrect. I mean, you saw that with the picture of Justin Bieber. Yes. Justin Bieber literally saying pray for Israel and it's and the, on the background it's a picture of Gaza. Like it's just ridiculous. And so that was one of our reasons to go no first use because of the escalation of misinformation. The amount of misinformation that is out there is insane and you can also translate that into being propaganda. That mi- that misinformation might be intentional specifically to change your mind about something or have you be biased on a certain topic. And this is a really big problem because we're seeing this today. And I'll I'll use a personal example, right? So half of the internet knows me for being the woman that got cheated on and that supports women staying in a relationship where you get cheated on, right? And then the other half knows me for for saying, no, you don't stay. But if you like, if you leave, make sure that you have protection for your family. So because there's so many people that took one video, I had to delete it because it was spreading a lot of misinformation. My husband has never cheated on me, by the way, for all the claims. Um, And I had to delete the video for, for this widespread of misinformation about my character, about my family, about me. And it spread like wildfire. This happened a year ago and people still ask me the same question that if I'm that woman that said to stay with your cheating husband when I never said that so I know that I went on a little rant here but I want all of you who are listening to understand the power of one communication two information and three the power of misinformation you need to have critical thinking skills how Albino was saying in the beginning earlier how you have to question everything yeah and you know talking about misinformation and speech and debate, I think a great example of it is Dick Cheney, the vice president of George Bush. And when he invaded Iraq, he invaded under saying that there are weapons of mass destruction. And years later, 
everybody found out that it wasn't true. But hundreds of thousands of people died. And the war in Iraq was called, do you know how it was called? Operation Iraqi Freedom. Because when you put the label freedom, people start supporting it. Because if you want to sell something to Americans, you have to put the word freedom. It's war on terror. It's Operation Freedom. You are putting a fancy name on murder. And this is the danger of it. Because everything can be sold to us, to us consumers, if it has a nice package. And you're so right on this. And um, my husband is Caucasian. So he was telling me how, because I'm so passionate about what's going on right now with the whole world. I haven't been able to sleep. Like my skin is awful right now because of how much stress, how much sadness, how much I've just been crying, can't sleep at night. Um, and my husband, the reason why I say his his race and his ethnicity is because he tells me that an average he was generalizing, of course, but that an average American doesn't want to know about what is happening in the world. He's like, where I'm from, they would look at you extremely confused as to why you care about what's going on in the world, why you care about politics. And I think you even have, um, you even posted a video about this, how some people even brag about how they're not interested in politics or did I read that in a news article somewhere I'm pr- I don't know I'm, I'm confusing the two because I've been reading so much that was me but yeah okay <laughs> uh like how you were saying how they brag about not being involved in politics and unfortunately it's true people seem to think that it's cool for people not to know what's going on around the world but the but then as soon as I think you said this as soon as it affects them and their family, now they care. Yeah, unfortunately, it always happens like this. And one of the things which I mentioned in that video is the reason why you have to care is because injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And after I posted this video, I actually had a conversation with my parents about this. And my dad told me, Albina, do you understand that being politically involved, being an activist, It's also some type of privilege because the majority of people, especially in this economy, they do not have time for this. They they have to figure out how to make money, to pay rent, to get some groceries. They're barely surviving themselves. Like their priority is them, which is honest and you cannot blame them. How can you care about what is happening in Ukraine, for example, when your, your own children are starving? So... I I understand why some people are not paying attention to politics, but we always have to remember that even if we don't understand how politics impacts the majority of decisions in our lives, it doesn't mean that it's not happening. It just means that we don't know it. We're not paying attention. And this is what is happening in Russia. For decades since Russia was created, they were making sure that the population is apolitical. They're not interested in politics. Russian government was doing everything, so people have the mentality of, why why should I care? Like, why should I read the news if my voice is too little? I'm one person, I cannot make a change. But do you understand when the entire population has this mentality? The government is winning. 
because they can make any decision, they can pass any bill without anybody even caring about this because they're so convinced that their voices don't matter. And I understand when it's happening in Russia, right? Because they have fake elections. It doesn't matter if they go and vote for somebody else. It's always going to be Putin. But come on, we're in America where every celebrity is telling us go vote right before it's election season, right? Everywhere on social media, you're like, go vote, go vote, go vote. And then people are going and they're voting, but you cannot be interested in politics once in four or five years. It doesn't work like this. You have to always stay engaged because what they will be selling you before the elections is not what has been happening years prior to that. You have to pay attention all the time. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's very difficult, right? Because it's a privilege to have access to news and to have the emotional capacity to care about this. Yeah, I agree. And I have a question. Like, do you think that do you think those in power know this? Do you think that they know that we are too busy just trying to survive to even pay attention to what is going on? The majority, right? I think they're doing everything in order to put us in the conditions so we do not care. And this is another thing, right? I probably sound like a conspiracy theorist right now. And this is another thing. When your opinion is not aligned with the public, the first thing they call you is a conspiracy theorist. Because this is the way <laughs> how they will like discredit your words, right? They're like, oh no, but for example, John Oliver or Stephen Colbert, they said the opposite. So you're, you're a conspiracy theorist. But no, like I'm just trying to think critically. Is it bad that I'm asking questions? Do not shame me for asking questions. Do not shame people for trying to learn and to dig deeper. We already witnessed this so recently during COVID. Do you remember how people were shamed for even questioning vaccines? And now everybody's dealing with the consequences. And now all of my friends who were so against the vaccines, and I was not against the vaccines when COVID started. I also went and I got the vaccine. And now everybody who got them, they're like, I wish I never did. But if you would say this three years ago, you would be called a conspiracy theorist. Yep. Uh, that was me. I yeah. was there. I, I never got it because I was like, heck no. <laughs> Being someone that wants children and wants children soon. I mean, I'm, uh, I've personally been a victim of the consequences of other vaccines. Um, that's a story for a different day. So that's really where my journey of understanding uh, vaccines kind of came from and big pharma. And then I got really into reading Robert Kennedy uh robert kennedy's work he's actually i think he's actually trying to go for president in the united states and he is shadow banned everywhere that's a good case study for you if you're interested because he tells the truth and he, they don't allow him on instagram they don't allow him anywhere they don't promote his stuff because he's always speaking out truth so that's when i really got into uh robert kennedy understanding his foundation how he helps kids with vaccines and things like that and so when the covid vaccine came out i was against it because of I, I thought about like the money, the income that was coming from all of this. And also anybody does everybody does everything in their power as long as they make fear go away. They do it for safety. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I, I if I do get it, I want to at least wait. I yeah. want to wait. Those vaccines are not going anywhere. 
So, yeah. and this is this is exactly like going back to propaganda, right? Because what is propaganda? Propaganda is a method to urge to mobilize towards something while concealing things you should consider, right? So when you start even considering something else, this is already seen as a bad thing. So question everything, guys. Question absolutely everything. And don't let anybody guilt trip you for that. Don't let people shame you for at least trying to think critically. Because if somebody gets offended right away at the first question, you're talking or you're debating with the wrong person. And also talking about the debates, right? I was recently watching the video of the, I think, two times uh, world debate champion. And the first thing he always says is that when you're debating with somebody, you have to address their main points, their strongest points. And you also have to do a side-switching exercise and imagine yourself in the world where you are completely wrong. It's a very hard task to do, but you cannot understand the other side without doing this exercise. And you cannot address their points in a strong manner if you are not trying to understand them and their perspective. But the problem today is that everybody is coming into the debate with their mind set up. And this is not a productive conversation. If you are not willing to come with an open mind and you're, if you are not willing to change your mind, then what is the point of this conversation? Because the point of the debate is to leave with more knowledge. But the majority of people, unfortunately, sees it as an opportunity to argue with somebody. Do you notice how many people just want to argue? They don't want to like talk to each other. They just come to argue. Yes. Yes. And and that's that leads that leads me to another great point, you know, like this has trans this mindset of arguing and not being willing to have an open mind to really talk about these issues has literally bled into relationships. Mm-hmm. That's why, at least, I don't know about, you know, your generation, but my generation is, I think we're both Gen Z, but my generation and generations younger than me are struggling to be in relationships because of this fact. Mm -hmm. Because there is no one person willing to secede, willing to compromise, willing, willing to sacrifice, willing to understand the other person's perspective. And the only way you can have a successful relationship is by doing those things, is by coming into a debate with an open mind. Because every time you argue, I, I change the word in my in my house. It's no longer argue. It's we are debating. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Just, we added a little bit something fancy. We're going to be going into this debate. Let's remember our guidelines because my husband and I, we have guidelines. Like, you have to have respect mm-hmm. um but that's the only way that you can move forward with with anything and i'm seeing a lack of that's why i asked you about the right or wrong because i think that a lot of people are confused in what is right and what is wrong because some people are so stuck on no my ideas are the truth and the only truth and so are other people and that just causes a big conflict and big tensions between each other Thousand percent, thousand percent. And you know, like talking about the relationships, when the war, the full invasion has started in Ukraine, I was already in a relationship. And ironically, I'm Ukrainian and my boyfriend is Russian. So when all of this started, I was scared in the beginning because 
I was like, how is this going to impact our relationship being from countries which are currently at war? But because my boyfriend is extremely progressive and we're very much aligned on everything, it was not like fights. He always supported Ukraine. He came to me to the protests. He was, he was the person who made this entire experience of war like emotionally possible for me. But when we talk about what is happening in the world in general, we are talking from such different perspectives. For example, like everything is going on in Ukraine. Now Israel and Palestine, Armenia and Azerbaijan. There are so many conflicts. Like if I'll start listing them, it's going to take your entire podcast. But the thing is, when we're talking about what is happening right now, and I'm telling him, David, it seems like we're already at World War Three. And he's like, no, they're just they're just scaring us. Everything is going to be fine. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, the world is absolutely insane. And then I understand. We are speaking, as my dad says, while sitting at different chairs. So for him as a Russian, they're always scaring Russia, right? They're always threatening. Mm. They're always on the edge that something will happen, but it never does. And I'm talking from the perspective where they're scaring us. And then in 2014, the war starts in my hometown. I have to run. Then in 2022, it starts in Ukraine in general, like in the entire country. I have to run again. So we already have such different perspectives, right? That he has this experience where they're only threatening but not doing anything. And I'm talking from the experience where they're threatening and then they're taking action. So people always have to remember that while we're speaking, we're taking our experience into consideration. And that's the beauty of talking to different people because you get to learn such different experiences. And you should not discredit them. You should not, not validate other person's emotions because this is not a fair debate and not a fair conversation in general. You should try to understand and remember how huge our world is. Imagine how many perspectives there are. Absolutely. And I think that that's what we're missing nowadays, the, the excitement to learn and understand one another. I think that we've lost. We're, we're very apathetic. I think a lot of us, a lot of us young folk, I, I feel us very, very apathetic where we're not compassionate or empathetic or any of those things. And um, that that's why I want to have these conversations where we have a, a time and space and also with boundaries. Like a lot of people were waiting for me to say something, to say, to say a statement. And um, I got, you know, a lot of messages like, I hope you choose the right side. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, listen, I have clients that are, you know, from Israel. I have friends that are Palestinian. I have family members that are Jewish. Like, what do you, what do you mean you hope I choose the right side? Like, that's so much pressure for one person. And I don't, it just sucks. Like th this entire thing just sucks. But whenever you go into a conversation wanting to argue, already being so determined with like one objective, one single objective, and you're not ready to listen and learn from maybe someone else's perspective. Like this is just an FYI for all of uh, all of us that are listening. Al Albina and I have been preparing for this podcast for about a week and a half now. And we've been sending each other <laughs> videos back and forth. <laughs> I've been taking screenshots of the books that she said that to everybody uh, or she put on her story that other people recommended for her to listen to, to understand like the uh, Palestinians perspective. Like we've 
we've been doing our research. Like I looked into my school's database, like I was pulling up peer reviewed records. I was doing everything I could to understand, you know, the subject, but also respect my boundaries as a human. Like if I don't want to say something, if I am not feel like I am not ready, it's okay for you not to be ready and then continue later on. And a lot of people are overstepping the boundaries when someone says like, no. And that's also where, you know, we have to come collectively and say, I respect you as human. And I feel like people are just don't respect anymore. There's no such thing as overall respect and, and, and class, unfortunately. Can I challenge your opinion for a second? Yeah. So, I see what you're saying with like people telling you, I hope you pick the right side, right? And as an American, and for example, for me as a Ukrainian, it's hard, right? Especially with Israel and Palestine, because we don't have mm -hmm. that good of an understanding. But mm -hmm. imagine the scenario, and God forbid, of course, that China attacks America, and you're American, and then Europeans are, are staying silent. And... Uh, some people support China, even though China was the one who invaded to America. Do you now in this scenario think that there is the right side to support and there is the wrong side to support? It's so hard for me. It's so hard for me, Alvina. It's so hard for me. <laughs> you see it? Like, that's yeah, why... No, but I understand. No, no, no. I understand. And I understand what that person is saying. That's the thing. Because... When people say those things, that's how in deeply in pain and that's how much rea that's it's their world. It's their reality. It's their truth. They're living it on a day to day or they, they're experiencing it as we speak. So, like, I understand where that where that's coming from, where they're coming from. But at the same time, considering because this is my perspective, right? I have over a million people watching my every, you know, my every move. I inspire a lot of people and how I don't say how ignorant, but like how arrogant and how irresponsible of me to make a statement while I'm having a live where mm -hmm. I feel like it's not appropriate, where I started that live to talk about relationships and give advice. I'm not going to stop the whole thing just to, you know, give a lecture on, on what's going on and, and give my statement. Because as for me, I feel this responsibility in my chest, on my shoulders and either whatever I say, it's still going to offend, you know, it's still going to offend. It's still going to have consequences with every single word that I say but at that time in retrospect and really like putting myself um putting myself in in that in that position I, I didn't want to say anything in that moment and I you know I referred back to I'm gonna have a podcast we're gonna talk about it um and that's what I feel comfortable with at this moment that doesn't mean that I'm silent because if you're watching my reposts You'll know what I think. Yeah. You'll know what I think. And I communicate in a different way. And I do it on purpose because that's, I'm a content creator. That's my job. If unfortunately, how you were saying earlier, um, it does affect me and the brands that I get to work with. It does affect me with different contracts that I have. And it, it affects me in, in, in every single way. And it just sucks. Like this whole thing is so skewed. 100%. And that's cute. Equality and freedom, it requires access to truth, right? And today it's hard to find this truth. And uh, even if we talk about racism, right? Racism is a lie that one group is better than the other. And then therefore, 
those who are equal now, for example, Nazi Germany and Jewish people, they think that they're victims of equality. And mm -hmm. the ways which things can be twisted is absolutely mind-blowing. But it's remember, it's important for us to remember what type of privileges which we have, which so many people in the world do not. For example, Ukraine and Palestine, right? We're white, and that's why people are willing to listen to us. So now, when it's happening to Palestine, and it's horrible, but it's the way that it is, white people have to talk so people of different color are being heard. Do you understand how messed up it is? It's not that Palestinians cannot spread awareness about themselves, but unfortunately, they do need allies like us. Because for some people, their word doesn't matter. It has to be yet again white people who come up and say, yes, we also think that Palestine should be free. And I saw this video on TikTok today. I'll send you the link after. It's this guy. Uh, he's around 50 years old. He's American. And uh, he was explaining that while he was growing up, there was this narrative about Muslims being terrorists. And we saw all of those movies about 9-11. And then Dick Cheney comes up and he says that Iraq has weapons of mass destruction. So now everybody in America, when they hear Muslims, they think terrorists. And they hear it. And of course, they're impacted by this. And the way which their biases are formed are now impacted. And then this guy is saying... And I had my opinion about Israel and Palestine. I thought that we have to help Israelis because they look like us, right? Because they look like us, because they're white. And then he started educating himself. And he's like, I found out so many things which media in America never bothered to cover. Because we have to understand that the government benefits financially from feeding us particular information. And that's why back back to it, critical thinking, so important. And uh, I understand, like I totally understand how you feel and the pressure which you feel with so many followers. And I also felt pressure, not because of uh, my audience, I felt moral pressure because I cannot demand something. And then when it's happening in the other part of the world, now I forget about it. Now I forget that I was the person who needed help. And there were so many people who were willing to provide this help to me. And we are able, Ukraine is able to stay strong today because we are getting this help. So how dare I not request the same type of attention when this is happening in Gaza? But yet again, right? We're speaking from different chairs. That's why. And we're learning from yeah, each other. And, and yeah, no, 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 and and I like that perspective because, of course, we we live, we've lived different lives, and which leads me to two questions. But I want to talk about one specifically because you mentioned it and I forgot to ask it. You said that you feel this moral pressure, right? Mm -hmm. So, what is the appropriate thing to do, thing to post during a time of crisis? Specifically for me, for example. If you go back and watch my videos, I only posted one video that week. I think one or two. Because I was like, this is ridiculous. I cannot pretend like nothing is happening. But I also have a live webinar. And I have, like, other... I compromise other people's times. And I, I have to, you know, I have to work. 
this is this is my job this is what I do um but I felt awful doing it because of what's going on so in your opinion what is a appropriate thing to post during crisis like this so that's that's a very interesting question because what I would tell you about Ukraine and what I would tell you about Palestine right now are yet again different answers because we're hypocrites. But when the war has started in Ukraine, I used to post, I think, around 20 stories every day and it was only war-related. And when I would see people posting anything else, I would feel not just heartbroken, I was angry. I was like, how dare you continue to live your life when my life has been ruined, how dare you? How dare you not grieve with me? And then now it's happening in Israel and Palestine. I try to be very active on my social media. I try to spread awareness and post my personal opinions as well. I try to post literature. But then uh, I started a long distance relationship today and I posted my boyfriend and I'm like, is it okay to still share my life while this is happening? And how do people for example, from Palestine or from Israel, feel looking at those stories. And when I, because I always go for advice to my parents and I ask them, what do you think about this? What is, what is the appropriate way to handle this? And they told me, Albina, unfortunately, when something happens to you, to your country, even if you have a lot of support like Ukraine does, you have to remember that you are always on your own and it's great if people share it it's great but it should not be an expectation from them you should not expect people to pause their life because yours has been ruined and i personally feel that it's my responsibility to do that to continue spreading awareness and i do and when you see others trying to spread awareness but then you see that they're posting something unrelated, please don't judge them for this because you are going to turn your allies against you. You have to understand that people have different lives. And as much as it, it used to hurt me that people had the privilege to continue their life, well, I didn't have this chance. Life is a lottery. Some of us will be stuck at worse forever. And some of us, will not experience it for a day. And it's not their fault that they were born in a country where wars don't happen. And it's not my fault that I was born in a country who's currently going through a war. It's not. And we're all responsible for our own actions. But it's important to remember and understand that people are trying to help how they can. And we all have different emotional capacity. We all have, as you have mentioned, responsibilities in front of many people. For example, you made a business deal with somebody, you have to post some particular story, whatever. You still have to do it. And people have to be understanding of this. So it's not like in the 21st century, right? I think there should be some type of etiquette during wars, during genocides, but then you go back to read and remark. For example, uh, this movie was very popular lately, All Quiet on the Western Front. It's on Netflix. It's based by Remark's book. And if you read his books, when I was reading it when I was 15, I was like, 
what, what is he talking about? How come there is World War II going on, but then those people are sitting in Lisbon and they're just at the restaurants and they're drinking coffee and they're buying expensive clothes. And I'm like, no, World, World War II was not like that. But then you just understand that while some people were in concentration camps, others were still living their life and some were profiting from it. And life is a lottery. You never know on what side you're going to be. And even in this lifetime, we don't know what we will get to experience. But I always think if I was from Palestine, if I was from Israel, what would I want others to do? And I think that's what you have to ask yourself. If you were in the position where the worst happening in your country right now, how would you like others to behave? So I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> this is just my thought no. process. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, it's good that we're having these conversations um, because they do need to ask themselves those questions because it, the reality is we're very egocentric and we focus our lives just around us, which is very human of us. How you're saying we're hit, we're, uh, we can be very hypocritical, but it's also very important for us to ask ourselves those questions because like I said, the way that we do one thing, we the way that we do one thing is how we do everything. And if you are someone who only thinks about yourself all the time, it is going to reflect on your relationships around you. So if the only thing that sparks your interest is what's going on around the world and how you move around it and you ask yourself these things, I can tell you that you are much better off than not at all paying attention to what's going on around you yeah um, because because you also make wiser decisions when you know what is going on you're also less likely to fall for bait you are also more likely to respond in in you know some form of calmness or be a little bit more calm than others that don't know what's going on that don't react instantly i was i'm going to be completely honest with you i was very glad of the carla of a week ago where she was doing her research and she was reading and she was looking and she was looking for answers she was knowing which questions to ask and i found answers a carla two years ago maybe even three years ago would have never cared but now it's in it's blowing up on my face it's blowing up everywhere and i i don't want to live that way anymore it's also a decision that you have to make that you're letting go because you know that phrase of ignorance is bliss Mm -hmm. You're letting go of that quote-unquote bliss, but believe me, you feel a lot safer knowing what is going on because you can prepare for what might come. And it might be a little toxic, maybe, because I'm a very anxious person, so I'm always, like, <laughs> I'm always preparing, and my husband is ex-military, so you can imagine how crazy <laughs> It's a fun household, I bet. <laughs> yeah, like, we prefer spending, like, like what we were talking about, at, you know, after all this kind of happening i was like babe we need to start hiking more we need to start practicing hiking up hiking up hills because what if they ask us to run like i cannot run for my life and like now we're gonna get like a membership instead of going like on romantic dates we're gonna make the sacrifice to like consistently have a membership to go to the shooting range because it's really expensive here in california to you know with all the guns and all the gun laws but we're gonna you know make it an effort to purchase um an exclusive membership at a at a at a shooting range that we both like to try different different guns and see which ones like we might like because that's you know like you have to think about these things and in a way 
the more that you surround yourself with the reality of where things might be going, the faster it will for you to react and respond. Because I don't want there to be an emergency and for me to freeze. Yeah. You know, you have to be ready because emergencies come like thieves. 100%. They come whenever you least expect it and you have to be ready. You know, my parents always also tell me that you have to prepare for the worst but expect the best. And I think, yes, in times like this, everybody should prepare. But from my personal experience, you can never be prepared for this. You can never be prepared for this. When when it all started on the east of Ukraine, quick story, uh, we were we were right at the border. And uh, there were rumors going on for a couple of weeks now that the invasion might start. But back then, back in 2014, we were like, you understand the history of Russia and Ukraine is also like, before before 2014 it was appropriate for us to call ourselves like brother nations we we spoke like russian and ukrainian similar languages we had family in ukraine and russia everybody would visit each other all the time everybody knew each other and we thought that the war is never going to happen and then we're sitting at night and we're looking at the tv and we see the tanks invading my hometown I was 16 and my mom, we lived in a house, there were two floors. She went to the bathrooms and she started filling our baths with water. And I was like, what is going on? And my mom was like, if they will throw something in our house and if there's going to be fire, at least we will have water to try to put the fire down. And I was like, am I actually experiencing this right now is are my parents expecting that somebody is going to throw something in my house and and all we have is water and that moment felt absolutely surreal even though i thought that yes it might happen it might not happen you always you always think that it's going to happen somewhere else it's not going to happen to you and then you're in that situation i i'm not extremely religious but at that moment, I didn't know what else to do, and I didn't know how to pray, but I started praying. Because I was like, if there is one thing which can save me right now, it's probably my faith. Mm-hmm. And luckily, everything, like nothing happened, and my family and I, we were able to move to Kiev. But that situation absolutely destroyed me. Because I never came that close to fear of death and understanding how many people today are not just experiencing this fear, but actually end up dying is mind-blowing. Because in my opinion, diplomats have absolutely failed us. Because their job is to make sure that they come to an agreement without people picking up the weapons and killing each other. That's their job. Why do we have embassies everywhere? And then so many people, educated people, who attended Ivy League schools and are diplomats today, all of them are failing us every day. And instead of coming up with any type of solution, which one side might hate, 
but they're not going to hate it as much as losing their entire family. That's what I know for sure. I will never be okay with my hometown becoming Russia. I will never be okay with that. I'm not going to lie. But I can survive that if my family is alive. Mm -hmm. And people have to understand it. Because for how much longer can we lie to ourselves that this is normal? Because this is anything but normal. But because we keep on seeing it on social media, we see it from everywhere. Carla, people will get used to it. Like they got used to the war in Ukraine. Like you do not see as much awareness about it. It doesn't mean that the war is over. The war is very much ongoing, but people get tired of this because it's like a TV show. It's like something exciting to watch. It's like almost rooting for your favorite football team. But what people are forgetting, that human lives are at stake. And it's not a TV show. For somebody, it's their brutal reality. But for some, it's entertainment. And for others, it's huge profit. And that, that leads me to my, my next question of speaking about the world being divided. We noticed two groups, people who aren't paying attention, who just think that this isn't real or, or who just don't know that this is real and that it's happening. And people, maybe like us, <laughs> who are like World War Three, is either going to happen or is currently happening. Um, so... Would you mind talking about how this divide might keep growing or might keep shrinking from one group of people going to, you know, the other side, vice versa? Yeah, I think, first of all, in maybe 20 years, if we all still exist and we all still learn history, I think in the history books, it's it's going to say that the World War Three started in February 2022, on February 24th, when the full invasion of Ukraine has started. Because everything which has been happening after that is absolutely mind-blowing. The entire world got divided. We know what country supports what other country. It's Everybody already made alliances, right? And Mm -hmm. just because people are focusing on Ukraine Uh, and Russia and Israel and Palestine, it doesn't mean that things are not happening somewhere else. Like, for example, uh, as I already mentioned, Armenia and Azerbaijan, people are not talking about this, but it's happening as well. And I think, going back to your question, that for some people, from my experience, I've witnessed it in many Russians, their coping mechanism is to pretend that nothing is going on. And I, I, before I thought that this is just being ignorant, I thought it's being uneducated. But now, two years into the war in Ukraine, I think that this is a coping mechanism because I cannot explain it. I cannot explain you mobilizing your own citizens, sending them to Ukraine, the dead bodies coming back to your country every day, and people just continue living their life and Carla, the craziest part, some of them are not even talking about this. They will do everything in order to avoid the subject. Like some of my Russian friends' parents, they come to Boston, we meet here, and they're scared to say the word war. They say the situation in Ukraine, because they're, they don't even want to get into this. Mm-hmm. They're just the situation in Ukraine. And for them, this is maybe a coping mechanism, whatever. Maybe I'm just finding an excuse for them. 
But the second group is freaking out because they're seeing the direct impact on their life. For example, my parents had to immigrate uh, from first Luhansk to Kiev, then from Ukraine to Canada, and once again, crazy privilege. But we see direct impact of this. And we cannot, even if we would love to, even if we would love to pretend that it's not happening, we do not have that luxury because our lives have turned upside down. And half of the world's lives have turned upside down and they are trying to change it somehow, even by spreading awareness. But others still have the luxury to maybe see the effects only on their wallets, right? Yes, there is uh, an extremely difficult financial situation going on. And they will talk about inflation. About what inflation are we talking about when half of the world is at war? Is the inflation really the biggest problem right now? Mm-hmm. So it's it's once again, and uh, I talk about privilege a lot. I used to talk about financial privilege. But I think the biggest privilege of this century is going to be defined by either you have been impacted by war or you haven't. Because those two groups will have such different perspectives, opinions, and views on everything, on absolutely everything. And I don't know how they will be able to communicate with each other, if it's going to be another thing of us versus them, friend versus enemy. But somehow we have to come up with a way to stop creating divisions and somehow try to understand each other. Because otherwise, we are all going down, all of us. Even people who are not directly impacted by war, they will feel the impact. Let's talk about refugees because they don't, like the Westerners, they never want refugees. They're saying like, why all of those refugees are coming to our countries? Bro, they wouldn't come to your countries if you wouldn't be sponsoring the wars in their countries. You think I don't want to stay at home? I would love to live in Ukraine. You don't think like Iraqis want to live in Iraq? Yes, they do. They do not have a house there anymore because it was destroyed by war. And to have the privilege to have ignorance to that is mind-blowing. But yet again, because it's their experience and their different perspective, how can they understand it? A person even extremely empathetic is still not going to understand a person who experienced war. And I hope they never get to. I, I sincerely hope that not a single person going forward will know what is war. But unfortunately, this is not the reality today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and um, I think that all the points I've been saying and mentioning are extremely important. I mean, I'm pretty sure you can make a speech from what you just said. <laughs> Maybe I'll join you in speech and debate club. <laughs> speech and debate. <laughs> um, but but it, it essentially it's it's true. So someone and and i put into perspective like the things that i have experienced like not there's there's a big group that knows what it's like to not grow up with a dad or there's there's a big group that knows what it's like to be raised by a single mom Mm -hmm. and why we think and see relationships as business and more like transactional than people who have grown up with healthy both parents in the home um that's what or for example, me, who I live close to the border, I live here in San Diego, and I am close to the Baja, Calif- Baja California border. I experience a lot of fronterismo. So when they talk about like 
you know, with what's going on right now with a lot of um, illegal immigrants coming here, I, I see the direct impact because my neighborhood is changing from that. And I mean, positive or negative or whatever it might be, there's people that have very, um, very big opinions about about what's going on. And I mean, we're, we're seeing it, we're seeing it now. Um, so I completely agree with you that people are going to be talking from their own perspectives and from their own privilege. When people complain, they tell you how privileged they are. <laughs> when you hear their complaint, they really tell you how privileged they are. Yeah, and I so think I, it's I... it's very important to either remember or understand that the world in which we live today is very, very new. A lot of people don't remember that the last empire still existed till 1947, the British Empire, right? Russian Empire mm -hmm. existed till 1970. Guys, it was like, for British Empire, it was less than 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. The world in the 20th century and all of the centuries prior to that, like Ottoman Empire, which existed from 1299 to 1922, existed for centuries. And the world was somehow, not that it was stable, but the order was understood. But what we're experiencing today is new to everybody. And what we're seeing with Russia is that they cannot wait to get their Russian empire back, to get all of those lands back. Because a lot of people are still imperialists and their mindset still stays the same. And they think that colonizers, right? They think that they have the right to it, that they deserve it. And it will take many generations to get used out of this mindset. Because a lot of parents still are telling the stories to their children about how great they were when they were empires. And the first thing which suffers in schools when the wars are happening is history. Because it's always rewritten. Like what they're teaching kids in Russia today is so completely different from what they were teaching them even four years ago. They're rewriting history every day. I don't even know if we know the true history, right? We just believe yeah, somebody that they passed us like some true stories. I don't either anymore. I'm like, is everything that we learned, grew up learning even true? Because I don't think it is. I don't even think it is anymore. This, this uh, whole situation is really changing up changing my thoughts on a lot of different things and it's pushed me even more to go back to school because at first I was like eh, I'll just go for fun I'll just go get my AA but now I'm like no I think I want to pursue like something something more serious that involves a lot of more research and like just put my head down in the books and see and but doing that will probably make me crazy but I don't care at this point it's just like I want the truth I want to know what is I want to know the truth. Like, I feel like I've been, what's the word that I'm looking for? I feel like I've been betrayed. I feel like I wasn't giving, given an equal chance or equal opportunity to know what is, what is true. Um, and it, it's an awful feeling. Yeah. But, uh-huh, continue. You know what I always think about with you talking about access to truth? I always think about how come public does not have access to Vatican Library. Why? Mm -hmm. 
Do we not all deserve to have access to history? What is there that we cannot read it? That's true. That is... Now we're going to really sound like conspiracy theorists. Yes, I know, right? So the moment I said it, I was like, I'm taking it in, in such a controversial direction. But I mean, at this point, you know, might as well. <laughs> we're already yeah. here making so many controversial statements. Might as well roll with it till the end. Yeah, no, we're, we're just, we're, like I said, we're just critical thinkers. I mean, the critical thinkers are apparently the crazy ones, the weird ones, right? And then the people that are completely just like living up life and not really focused on it, they're they're the cool kids. Like, come on. No, let's change the narrative. Let's all be critical thinkers. Let's all have a brain of our own. We have so many brain cells. We are so smart. Each and every single one of us. Like, and we can really create change. We can re like we can literally write history. And it's just so sad that people, you know, just don't they just don't want that responsibility. Uh, but to, you know, to close this podcast episode, I would like to ask you one, one more thing. What would you recommend an average person like you and I get their information from? Like, how do you get your information? The first thing I would say is that talk to the locals. If it's, for example, Israel and Palestine go ask Israelis and Palestinians for their recommendations. Because we are all, even, even if we're cheering for one side, we cannot be critical thinkers if we know how information is presented only from one side. And it applies to everything. Democrats and Republicans, Russians and Ukrainians, Israelis and Palestinians. And somewhere you will find more truth. And remember that you have bias. And you're most likely, when you're reading the news, you're reading something which proves that you're right. But forget everything that you know about yourself, about the world, and read it like you're like, like, like from a blank page, right? Like try to understand it from a completely different perspective. Second of all, remember that people around the world who have less privileges than you, they rely on you. They need you. When uh, in America there are BLM protests, when there are women rights protests as well, we need allies. We need men who support us. We need white people who support us. Because when it's just one group who is supporting itself, it has unfortunately less credibility. And remember that it can happen to you as well. And if you only become an activist, if you only start looking for the truth when it directly impacts you, it's too late. It's too late. You should have been active before because you cannot demand the support if you've never been providing it to others. So that's my take on it. That's really good. And with that, we will close this week's episode. I know that we were very deep but I hope that all of you reached to this point because that shows that you are into education, you are into finding truth, and you are into bettering yourself and your community around.